Hello and uh, good evening. You're welcome on Talking Point this evening. Today on the program, I have the rare privilege of uh, sitting with the former head of service, Bauchi State, Abdullahin, and also the current special advisor to the governor on civil uh, service matters. We shall be discussing on the topic of repositioning the civil service for greater productivity. Uh, first uh, and foremost, let me quickly ask you, sir, uh, kindly introduce yourself. My name is Abdon Delegin, uh, Special Advisor to His Excellency the Governor of Bochy State on Civil Service Affairs. And I was once uh, a head of civil service, uh, having served for 35 years in the administrative cadre from the year 1981 to the year uh, 2016 when I retired after having clocked 35 years in service. Okay, uh, take us through your journey as a civil servant within Bauchi State. Well, I actually uh, started in 1981 as an administrative officer on grade level 08, and I grew through the ranks up to the level of a permanent secretary, which I got in the year 1998, and uh, I, I continued as a permanent secretary for about 12 years. Uh, then the administration of Mahan and Dr. Isayoguda came, and during his second term in office, uh, he appointed me as head of civil service. That was in the year 2011. And I continued with him for five years. And then when he left, for, I continued with him for four years. When he left, uh, a new administration came in of uh, Barrister M.A. Abubakar. I served him for only one year, up to the time I, I reached 35 years in service. And I had to bow out of the service because that's what the regulation says. Okay, uh, now quickly uh, delving into the challenges you faced as uh, the head of civil service. What were the problems you encountered as uh, an, as a head this time, not just a civil servant within the system? You are holding an exec executive position, so to say, or even an appointment uh, given by the state government. What were the challenges you noticed and observed or encountered uh, while delivering on, on your job? Uh, by uh, as the head, as you uh, let me quote you, it's as as the head means when I was head of civil service. Uh, well, I saw it all. Uh, I started my career here, and I saw the good days of the civil service, and I saw the days when things were degenerating uh, because of modernity and because of certain complexities in the civil service. And there were so many challenges. So when I was appointed head of civil service, I knew that it was going to be a very, very challenging time for me. It wasn't a rosy period at all, because there were so many challenges. We had an explosion in the civil service. In fact, the civil service was overbloated at that time. We had about 31 to 32,000 workers. Uh, that's in the main service. For the local governments, they were about 70,000 or so. So uh, there was a who's and cry that uh, virtually every cobble that was coming into the coffers of government 
was was being used to pay staff salaries. Because with such a huge staff strength, uh, the wage bill rose astronomically, and uh, uh, government could not make any savings in order to uh, do other socio-economic services to the good people of Bochy State. So I was uh, uh, confronted with the the need to rationalize to reduce the number of workers, and that is not a a small thing for you to immediately after being appointed uh, to begin to massive massive retrenchment of workers, and I knew that wasn't the, the best option for the civil service because if you retire people today. You are just transferring them from salary payroll to the pension payroll. Uh, so uh, the, the difference is not much. Uh-huh. And uh, of course, the society dissension and, and, and people will detest that type of thing. And it means you are making enemies too. Uh-huh. So I knew that wasn't the best option. But of course, I also had sympathy. With the, with, uh, uh, yeah, with the governor himself, who had to spend every cobalt that was coming to me to him to pay salaries. Unfortunately, or fortunately, Bochy State was and is still regarded as a civil service state. What that means is everybody was relying on uh, what the the workers get at the end of the month, including businessmen and in the market. So it wasn't a small challenge at all. So I, I, I begged him to allow me to look into other options. Retrenchment may not be the best. And uh, uh, he said, okay, go ahead. And then I met the organized labor. I told them, you will be facing massive retrenchment if we do not come up with certain options that would reduce the wage bill. Because the government uh, has this big problem to grapple with, so we, we we met severally, and at the end of the day, we understood ourselves. And then uh, every civil servant had to sacrifice ten percent of his salary for a period of four year, four months. Uh, and the governor was delighted because uh, that showed him that the civil service was uh, sympathetic to the problems. That were on hand. Was there was that voluntary coming from the workers? Uh, of course, they they agreed to do that. Okay. Uh, it okay. went. It, it came through uh, very serious negotiations. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Sometimes we 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 meet up to the late hours of the night mm-hmm. in order to yeah. reach an agreement. Agreement. So that was a consensus. Mm-hmm. So as against retrenchment, yeah. we now have agreed. That uh, we can sacrifice uh, for four months ten percent of our so across the board that affected both the state and the local governments. Mm. So this we did, and we were able for the four months to get about eight hundred eighty million naira. But the governor was 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 very appreciative of that. Okay. He said, "Okay, uh, if that is the sacrifice that you can make, mm. and uh, you've realized that." Really, it's a, it's a very big problem mm. for the government. Yeah. Then I'll try to, to, to cope with the situation. Okay. So that was how we were that, that strong. Okay. So it was one of the challenges. And the other has to do with the other things that uh, uh, I inherited. Uh, a workforce that uh, was a bit docile, 
uh, not training, other training, uh, even civil service promotion examination was introduced and the worker said we are not going to, to we are not we are not going to uh, allow that to happen hmm. so by, by docile you mean they were not productive uh, they were not productive because now civil service promotion examination uh, in my own understanding was another way of training and retraining of staff hmm. because uh, if you are subjected to reading of our instructional books uh, or our, our regulatory books, public service regulations, stores regulations, financial regulations, guide to procedure, and of late uh, public procurement law and fiscal responsibility law, then you have a wider horizon. You understand more about what is going on in the world, and then that will improve your, your work. So uh, I I told them point blank that I I would like that policy to be implemented. So after so much persuasion about the the good side to it, they agreed, and we are still having civil service promotion examination in the state public service. Oh. And it is uh, improving their knowledge of everything, including current affairs. Okay. So uh, this was one of the things that we made. One big challenge that I also made was mm. civil servants collected a lot of loans, mm. uh, so many loans. Quite uh, common and popular. Uh, so many loans, uh, motorcycle loan. Mm. Whatever loan, civil servant, a typical civil servant is not worried. Mm. Uh, if it is a loan that is guaranteed by government, mm. he thinks that uh, there will always be a way out. Yeah. So you collect two or three. Mm. But our regulation said you cannot take more than one over three mm. of uh, mm. uh, the salary of a worker okay. in a month. Mm. Because uh, uh, taking more than that will make him bankrupt. And his family mm. uh, will have a very big problem with their life, and then the worker too will not perform well. Mm. Uh, so uh, I had to stop that practice, but uh, there were lots and lots of millions of naira mm. that they had already collected. Mm. So we started negotiating with the banks. Mm. Uh, before I came in, they even. Uh, uh, one of the banks uh, decided to to stop transaction on government account. Uh, uh, so it was as bad as that. So we had to try to negotiate uh, to make them serious in that will follow all the civil servants to ensure that uh, they they com they comply with the monthly deductions mm. so that at least a substantial amount of the loans could be recovered from their salaries on a monthly basis. Mm. So this was also one of the challenges that I made. And I attacked it frontally and uh, were able to get some solace from there. Okay. Uh, very important issue you raised here about the loans. I think we might revisit it later mm. uh, to see if this trend has been you know, changed a little bit because it's quite co common amongst uh, civil servants. Uh, another very important issue I would like to raise is the issue of ghost workers across the country. Different states will have governors badly on how to pay salaries. The federal government laying embargo on employment. 
and uh, state governments also laying embargo on, uh, on employment because a sizable component of the you know budget usually goes back to personal cost. Uh, tell us briefly what is responsible for the trend of ghost workers within the civil service. How did they find the opening to you know step in and to eat up the system? Governors come and go, administrations come and go, but we still keep having the same problem of verification over time with the ghost still existing and never leaving the system. Yeah, well, it's a very unfortunate development in the civil service. Uh, people became very selfish by showing money and uh, uh, doing all sorts of things in order to amass wealth. Uh, it's, uh, it's, it's rather unfortunate that it's a national malaise. And uh, even Mr. President recently was complaining that apart from ghost workers that we know on payroll, we also have ghost projects now that have been introduced in budgets. Even the 2022 budget, national, national 2022 budget, there were so many ghost, ghost projects that were introduced, yeah, uh, which will gulp about 20 billion naira. So uh, this is very bad. The ICPC also came with uh, very sorry figures mm. of uh, what is happening with our civil servants. So it's not only the issue of uh, ghost workers. It has manifested in so many other areas. Mm. And uh, coming down to the States, it's the same story. Ghost workers, even ghost workers uh, at the, at the national, uh, national level, we have the IPPIS. So this is an effort to digitalize the system, mm -hmm. to automate it. But uh, that did not stop uh, people from, you know, smarting it out and uh, getting other ways of introducing worst workers. So the same applies to both the state and many other states of the Federation. This has been a canker worm in the civil service and uh, uh, it started from the explosion of workers uh, when there were so many employments and uh, some bad eggs capitalized on that and ensured that they inserted names of, of staff that ordinarily were not supposed to be bona fide staff because they did not follow due process in their employment. And we also had... Uh, uh, workers that have died but are being replaced by others. Even in the local, at the local government level, some of them even became hereditary. Okay. Yeah, if somebody dies in a particular family, another one will come to replace him. So uh, this continued unabated. That's why we have a multiplicity of verification exercises. Every government that comes came with the knowledge that there are ghost workers on the payroll. Mm. And so they went back on verification. Well, the only thing that is required is to ensure that we have a credible nominal role. Mm. So what is nominal role is on the, the names of staff in a particular MDA with all their details. Okay. Each uh, ministry department. Every ministry, every department, every agency mm. has its own staff. And, but that ministry should know the number of staff that it has, bona fide staff mm. that it has yes. with their dispositions. Mm. Uh, so it is the nominal role 
that should drive the payroll. So the number on the nominal roll, the number of staff on the nominal roll should be commensurate with the number of staff on the payroll. But that is not to be. Uh, you discover that if, if, a, if, a, if, a, if an agency has 50 staff on the, on the payroll, you discover that there are 55. So, so uh, this addition of five. Uh, this had been a recurring decimal, mm. and then a colossal amount of money is being lost. Mm. So, in addition to ghost workers, uh, yeah. there's what we call ghost payments. Mm. You see, there <laughs> are yeah, there mm. are workers that are in professional lines. Mm. Uh, ordinarily, they've been sent there on posting. They are generalists. They are not professionals, mm. but they are collecting professional mm. salary. Uh, so we have some of so many of them. Ghost payments. Uh, uh, yeah, so so we tag them as ghost, ghost payments. payments. Uh-huh. Mm-hmm. Because they are not entitled to this type of salary. Mm. Uh-huh. But they collect it yeah, because, because they, they, they happen to be there composting, mm. like a driver. Mm, sure. uh-huh. Why should a driver collect like the salary of a, uh, a medical personnel also? Mm. Well, he's mm. not a medical personnel. Mm. A clerk does not is not a medical person. That's a professional. Even an administrative officer is not a medical person. Mm. But uh, certain aspects of the allowances are placed on his salary. That oh. is wrong. Mm. So that's what we tag as uh, ghost payments. Ghost payments. So okay. uh, uh, governments have been embarking on this. So the present administration mm. has met this problem mm. and has confronted it head head on. Mm. And there were so many verification exercises, quite committees that were formed, and they were able to get some results. Okay. They were able to get some results. Yeah. But the problem with the ghost worker is that if, it, if, you, if you talk about a ghost, mm. then you are talking about somebody that has the ability to appear and, and disappear. disappear. Uh, so you remove him today. He reappears uh, he, he uh, maybe a month after. <laughs> <laughs> uh, so, so, so it has to be a continuous exercise, yeah. um, and uh, technology has been introduced. Mm. I know a consultant has been working here. Mm. All that the consultant is trying to do is to ensure that we have a credible nominal role, mm. <coughs> that there should be a decentralized system mm. where the nominal roles uh, should be compiled by the MDAs, okay. uh-huh. uh, and then. The MDS will now feed the, 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 the Office of the Accountant General mm. with the correct nominal role and the correct number of staff. Mm. So it is a correct this number of staff, uh, the ones to be placed on the payroll mm. so that the correct salary will be paid. So this is what is happening today. Uh, the local governments have uh, started enjoying the decentralization policy, either to Everything was centralized, okay. um, but now there's a decentralization process, and it has started with the local governments. They can now pay their staff okay. uh, so with, the, 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 with the knowledge they acquired, mm. the technological know-how yes. they were uh, imbued with. Mm. Now they can now go and continue the payment of their salaries, mm. as it was much, 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 much earlier. Uh, so at, at, at the state level, the MDS2 can now pay their salaries. Okay. Uh, eventually, they, can, they should be able to pay their salaries, and uh, they should monitor the movement of their staff.
in and out. Uh, one major problem that we're having is there are so many exits, uh, maybe through retirement, uh, through deaths, through transfer, through secondment. Uh -huh. So many people are moving out, but the wage bill is still the same. And in some cases, it's even increasing uh, because of those payments. Yes. Uh -huh. So, so these are some of the things that uh, government is trying to ensure that it uses technology to tackle. Okay. Yeah. So and and, and do we have it already here in the states? Well, we we I think it's work in progress, but I can assure you that uh, we are getting there. Okay. We're getting a credible nominal role. Okay. Because the nominal role should drive the payroll. Mm. So by the time the nominal role is right, the payroll should also be right. Mm. Okay. Uh, so we, 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 I, I think we are getting there. Okay. Yeah. You said that uh, there is some certain level of decentralization at the moment, and that shows that to some extent that the nominal role now is a bit more sanitized than it was before. Is that correct? Yes, yes, yes. Okay. Much more sanitized. In fact, before, before now, when I came in as a special advisor, mm. uh, there was no nominal role at all, either at the MDA level or yes. at the Office of the Head of Civil Service. Mm. So you see, this is a misnomer. Mm. Uh -huh. So uh, work on it is going on. And the emphasis is that the MDAs should produce their own nominal role. Uh, not only their own, credible and acceptable. Mm. Yeah. Okay. okay. Um, something very important uh, to mention here is the issue of unemployment and employment embargoes. Um, so many people actually have been thinking when would the Boucher State government, you know, open its doors to employ the graduates, not just the states, it's across the country. When we get uh, figures from National Bureau of Statistics, there are concerns by, you know, the MBS that the unemployment rate in the country is about 30, above 30 percent. And uh, youth are actually here in, in the state, in Boucher State, also hoping that somehow there could be employment. Now with the size of a payroll that seems to be static or possibly even increasing because of the ghost payments. What are the chances that there could be a lifting of this embargo that's been placed for employment in Bauchi State? Agreed. The, uh, the unemployment rate is uh, very high at both national and subnationals. Uh, but uh, you see, the unfortunate thing with Nigeria is that uh, Everything is loaded on government. And this uh, employment thing is not uh, the monopoly of governments anyway. Uh, unfortunately, we have very early industries. Uh, they are supposed to have uh, absorbed part of this. Uh, private sector. Uh -huh, the private sector is not vibrant at uh, national and subnational levels. Uh, there were so many factories that have closed shop. There are so many of them that are ailing. Uh, so they, they, they cannot they cannot employ they cannot employ staff. Uh, but if they had been there and very vibrant, they could have uh, employed so many of these uh, graduates that are that are all over the place. Uh, so it's not only government that should be the employer of labor. But be that as it may, 
many of the states in the north, in, in the north in particular, are civil service states. So everything is hinged on the civil service. Okay. So, so that is why every graduate will also come back to the civil service, the civil service mm. in order to be employed. True. So that's why we have a large number of, uh, of civil servants that are, that are unemployed. Mm. And uh, the reason is not far-fetched. The civil service is already overbloated. There are so many workers, so many workers in there. And one of the reasons why we have so many workers is this uh, this uh, uh, ghost worker syndrome? Yeah. Uh-huh. People are not moving out at all, mm. even though mm. they are actually moving out, but mm. it doesn't show on paper mm. that they are moving out. Uh, on retirement, deaths, uh, transfer of service, secondments, and mm. what have you. But it doesn't show on paper. So that's why there's this uh, verification exercise going on. Uh, it's, it's an unfortunate uh, situation. There are so many institutions of learning, monotechnics, mm. um, um, polytechnics, mm. universities, uh, all over the place, mm. and uh, other professional organizations too that are training uh, people on a daily basis. So they are there, they, they finish their studies, they come back, they cannot be fixed anywhere because there's no vacancy. Mm. Even Mr. President himself mentioned there's an embargo. Yes. So this embargo has trickled down to the states. There's an embargo because states fear to increase the number of their staff because of the wage bill. The wage bill is building up by the day, and uh, the, the the resources, the major uh, sources of revenue that the states rely on is uh, what they get from the federation account and uh, it fluctuates and the IGR is uh, the IGR well, no don't even talk about the IGR <laughs> because uh, that one is, uh, is non-existent uh, there's no IGR at all even though some states are making effort mm. I know that the effort that the state government here which uh, is doing mm. in order to improve reinvigorate the, our, our internal sources mm. but uh, there's political pressure on that too okay. People are feeling that they are being overtaxed and all this. Mm. So, so you see, there are so many things uh, associated with that. Uh, so the only source of revenue okay, is from the federation account, mm. from the the oil process that uh, uh, we get. So the likelihood uh-huh. of employment, employment or making up the embargo is unlikely. Uh, so that's why embargo has been placed, mm. uh, because government cannot... But even even the present number of staff, not to talk of additional ones, mm. so that is why embargo has been placed. But what this administration has been trying to do, mm. which the governor has mentioned severally, mm. is that uh, when uh, this exercise of sanitizing the the payroll uh, is completed mm. and successfully too, mm. we are able to get some savings. Mm. So these savings will be used in order to employ, to inject fresh, fresh hands. And let me quickly say mm. that there are so many gaps here and there. Mm. We need additional staff. Mm. Because I was about yes. to ask that question. Yes, we, we actually need additional staff. Uh, because there are gaps all over the place because of the spate of retirements mm. and deaths and what have you. So there are so many areas that will require uh, new staff 
So we are trying to undertake a staff appraisal exercise okay. and uh, to build up a succession plan. Mm. Because you, you don't, in the, in the public service, you don't advertise. Mm. You don't advertise. Do you have people, do you build them up? Mm. Those that started from below should grow mm. through the system. Yes. To to the highest level, mm. so you don't bring in somebody else that uh, <coughs> was for me was uh, working somewhere. Mm. You bring him in, the system. Uh, and then he becomes a senior mm. to those that had been here. So this is not acceptable to us. Mm. So there is uh, an ambitious succession plan, okay. uh -huh, where those below should grow. Mm. You know, so the recruitment should now the emphasis should be from below. Mm. You inject uh, fresh blood as uh, the graduates that are coming from universities. Mm. You employ them at the lowest level just as mm. we, we were employed yeah. several years ago. Mm. Then we grow uh, through the ladder up to the highest level. Mm. And it allows for people to be moving up, 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 up and that if they mm if they weren't uh, any promotion mm. uh, to the apex so yes. that those below too mm. would, uh, uh, can grow. So this is what we mm. are planning to do. Okay. Uh, we are capitalizing on uh, the current uh, uh, sanitation exercise okay. uh, to flush out those workers in mm. order to get the much needed funds mm. in order to do the fresh recruitments. Mm. So there's a likelihood that there might be a uh, recruitment. Of course, even recently, even recently, uh, those that were on pre-service, mm. at a certain point, the government, uh, government, not this, not this administration, okay. the government had to stop it, mm. pre-service, because it was polluted with the same ghost workers. Okay. Well, pre -service. Yeah. Yes, <laughs> pre-service, for, for those particularly professional staff, mm. that is, those in the school of nursing, school yes. of midwifery, mm. they are placed yeah. on salary as students mm. on grade level O3. Mm. Uh, as they study, they, they are already on the payroll. So immediately they successfully finish, mm. they will be absorbed and then their salaries will be adjusted mm. based on the current qualification now that they yes. have. But over the years with this, uh, this canker worm mm. of uh, ghost workers. Mm. Some people penetrated into that and then polluted the entire exercise. Mm. So the, the previous government stopped it. Okay. Uh, a committee was formed in mm. order to verify. Mm. So that committee went around all the institutions mm. to ensure that they authenticate the staff that we have mm. and uh, they were able to come up with the uh, number of staff mm. ordinarily that should have been on training. Mm. So recently, there was an, uh, an approval from the governor mm. that they can now be formalized and absorbed into the system so that they can continue their studies. Okay. For those of them that have completed, they should be absorbed and then their grade level should be adjusted. Uh, we, we command our various health institutions. Mm. So this exercise is, uh, is all. Effective. And there are... Mm. There are about 100 vacancies for, mm. for doctors in the Ministry of Health. Okay. Yes, 100 vacancies. Currently. I've been declared like 100, 100 vacancies. Mm. If you have a doctor, please call him. Okay. 
Yeah, I'll sure, notify them through this. <laughs> call him. Yeah. Yes. Call him to go to Minister of Health. Okay. And I assure him if the, if he accepts the condition of service, yes. he'll be employed in no less a time. Mm. Because I was discussing with the Honorable Commissioner, he said, Where are they? We want them. They didn't come. Mm. The governor had already given okay. an approval for their employment. Hundred. Hundred. Hundred mm. of them. So uh, I hope people will hear this. Mm. Come to Bauchi if mm. you are uh, a doctor, mm. uh, a medical doctor. Yeah. Please come to Bauchi. There's an opportunity for employment. Okay, <laughs> interesting. So uh, now uh, I'm actually thinking of going back to school to study MBBS. <laughs> All of a sudden, uh, uh, to round up on the program, uh, you've been. Uh, through the system, uh, successive uh, administrations, you've seen that whenever there's a verification, there are complaints about non-payment of salaries for workers and also for the pensioners. Uh, currently, there are still complaints ongoing. People saying that they haven't received their salaries for quite some time. Uh, what w- would be your response to this? Would you say that there were simply corporates in the system who were part of the ghost workers, or there could actually be a problem with the entire system of uh you know checking up those things and due to that possibly they became a victim innocently you know of the verification exercise what would be your response to the people because a lot of people are quite concerned they feel the government is, the present governor is doing a lot of work when it comes to capital projects but there's a little challenge when it comes to this uh payments of salaries and verification exercise yeah well the keyword here is innocence uh there are I, I I must confess that there are civil servants that uh, through act of omission or commission found themselves in a very deplorable situation of non-payment of salaries. Uh, not because it was done deliberately, but for one reason or the other, they became victims of, of circumstances. So uh, we, re- we regret all the hardship that they're suffering and we deeply sympathize with their condition. I had been a civil servant, and I know what it means to withhold somebody's salary, uh, especially somebody with a large family. So we, we sympathize with them, and uh, at the same time, we like to assure them that uh, we know they are there. And the recent exercise has shown us the number of people that are involved in this category. And every effort is being made, the government is being very proactive mm. to ensure that they are now brought back on the payroll. Mm. Uh, and uh, this exercise has started, mm. even at the local government levels. You can hear through the media, many people coming and praising government that they are, they are being restored to the payroll. Uh, so what remains now is maybe the backlog of areas and uh, government is taking this very seriously and uh, I believe that uh, very soon this will be a matter of history they will get their salaries uh, the backlog of various they will be paid I know somebody that was already paid and he was full of happiness because it came it 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 it, it came to him as a savings mm. And uh, utilize this to improve his house and to buy so many tangible things. Mm. So I, I think uh, they will laugh at the end of the day. Mm. They will they, they will definitely smile at so the end of the day. So you acknowledge that those categories of people uh, exist? Uh, they do. 
I have them on record. They do. They, we know them. They do. And as I said, we are very sympathetic to their cause, and uh, uh, everything is being done to ensure that uh, this matter is resolved once and for all. Okay. Mm-hmm. Uh, parting words now. Um, we would like to hear your thoughts aside from the questions. Possibly you have, uh, you know, contributions you would like to make on issues of national concern in the country or particularly within your field of the civil service. What would be your parting words to the listeners of this program this evening? I have two things to say very quickly. Uh, number one is uh, uh, in the interest of the service, those of them that think that uh, the service is not uh, doing as much as as uh, as he, as he should, and they are in active service. They should show leadership by example. Uh, what what they need to do is to not to be not to be talking, but to be doing to be taking action that will uh, assure civil servants that not every, not everything is so bad that cannot be redeemed. And they should uh, uh, change their attitude. So the key word there is attitude and change. Mm. And you can only do that if you, for example, uh, work begins at eight o'clock. So every good officer is supposed to be there in his office on or before eight o'clock in the morning, uh, so that he can face his work. So if you have subordinates mm. uh-huh, that see you come into office. In good time, definitely they will. They will also have to adjust and come to office in good time. So that also applies to all other aspects of the work. Mm. Uh, if you are diligent in your work and everybody knows that you you always try to clear your table in good time, uh, I believe they will try to copy you. So leadership, by example, is the is the key phrase here. Okay. Then the other thing is. Uh, we should try to be uh, uh, very godly in the way we, we act because some people think if they have a godfather so they can do whatever they like. Impunity. Uh, uh-huh. Just impunity. <coughs> they will just rely on the ghost worker for employment. They will rely on the ghost worker for appointment. They will rely on the ghost worker for promotion. They will rely on the ghost. Um, sorry, uh, Godfather. Godfather. I mean, Godfather. Yes. They will rely on the Godfather for, I said, appointment mm. and even their welfare. Mm. Uh, they will rely on the Godfather, whatever is happening, and even posting. Mm. <coughs> you go to the Godfather. Said, please influence my posting to so-so place because he thinks that that place is more juicy. Yeah. He will get more money, more money and things like that. Mm. So this godfatherism is actually disturbing uh, performance in the civil service mm. and politi- politicization of the civil service too is one one serious disease that is creeping into the civil service. Mm. Well, you know, we know okay, this is a democratic dispensation, mm. but civil servants should realize that they are not politicians, mm. and that is why. Uh, they are there permanently. They don't go along with the politicians. Politicians have a tenure system. After their tenure is over, they will go. But a civil servant that is diligent on his work 
will spend about 35 years before he leaves, or he will reach 60 years of age before he leaves. But a politician will spend uh, barely, the, the highest he would be in office is 80 years. So you see, there's a, there's a great difference. So civil servants are very, very important. I must emphasize this. They are important because of the permanency attached to them. Uh, they are important because they are the custodians of rules and regulations. Mm. They are important because they are the vehicle mm. that is used by political government for the translation of uh, government policies and programs into concrete action. So thank you very much. Okay. Um, even though I said last, <coughs> but I just noticed there was something very important uh, that you raised. Uh, maybe just briefly in a minute. There's been a Dynatech and uh, so much effort that have been put in by the state government to be able to fetch out people who were complicit in bringing ghost workers in Bauchi State. Uh, we've heard uh, His Excellency, the Executive Governor of Bauchi State, uh, Senator Bala Abdukhaider Mohammed, uh, he promised that all people who were involved in this uh, acts would be punished over time. Uh, Please, can you kindly comment, has there been any conviction, any punishment for those people who are found complicit in bringing ghost workers into the system? Just a minute, sir. Mm, no, that's one big problem, and uh, I, think it's, I think it's germane that we address this. Uh, the reason why these acts are being perpetuated is uh, because of uh, lack of punishment. Uh, nobody is punished to serve as a deterrence, uh, but... The government has shown sufficient political will because that is what is required. What does that mean? If somebody has committed an offense, we should go the whole hope to punish that person no matter whose ox is God, no matter how high the place he is, no matter from what family he has come from. And now the problem we are, we are having is that uh, even though the government is doing everything possible, I know there are some that have been dismissed. There were some that were downgraded just recently. Uh, so uh, this was done in spite of the pressure that is coming from influential people. Uh, please, 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 please. This is an act of Satan. Give, give, that, give this person a second chance. Uh, uh, give that person... Uh, he's a first offender, uh, give, give him the benefit of the doubt and all this. But we have to go beyond that. People must be punished because some of these acts are very fraudulent. You are toying with people's lives. If somebody cannot take his family to hospital because he has not been paid his salary and eventually that leads to death, then this, the person that caused they should should be charged for culpable homicide. Yeah. So it's, it's as serious as that. Yeah. So punishment is key, yeah. and uh, I, be, I believe this government is not relenting. Okay. It, is, it, it, it is poised to make sure that uh, all those that are found culpable, yeah. all those that uh, are found deeply involved in this, are punished in line with public service regulations, and if need be, uh, hand them over to security agencies for prosecution. Prosecution. Yeah. Okay, it's really been a pleasure speaking with uh, 
former head of service of Baltic State and currently the special advisor to the governor on uh, civil service matters, uh, Mr. Abdundel again. It's been a pleasure having you. I would like to apologize. We actually started this program a bit earlier. We had a technical problem, you know, but we had to create more time and you were able to stay for this long recording for almost about two hours now. Thank you so much for your time once again. Thank you. It's my opportunity. Okay, you've been listening to the program Talking Point and uh, you've heard a lot of information today and uh, we look forward to having you on subsequent episodes. Do have a lovely day ahead of you. Thank you.